you know, of all the many things, opportunities, I guess we'll call them opportunities, that the pandemic has provided for us uh, this year, one of them, I think one of the best ones, is that it's given us a really healthy, extended, maybe too extended, opportunity to look at family life. Uh, all the time that you normally spend at school or work or playing sports or doing other activities, um, seriously, like, cut back. And all the time that you're out of the house, a lot more time spent in the house, um, and despite the benefits of working from home or you know, using Zoom or whatever it is, um, some couples are discovering why the marriage vows say things like for better or for worse, um, but not for lunch. You know what I mean? So the sense that we all need a little bit of space every now and again when it comes to uh, life at home. Okay, that's fine. Um, but again, today's Feast of the Holy Family gives us this opportunity to look more deeply at the reality of family life and that relationship between husband and, husband and wife, uh, and also parents and, and children. So Holy Family uh, is considered, can be considered something of, uh, of an earthly trinity. There is reflection of the Trinitarian life. And so we can see in them something truly divine, um, especially as that is applicable to uh, our own family lives. So we'll start with dads. Dads, you have a really important role. It's fantastic, actually. Um, we can say, as the father goes, so goes the family. So when a couple marries, they become inseparably linked. One body is the language that the scriptures use. And so if the husband is the head of the family, the head of the body, so to speak, he plays the role then of Christ in the family. And because Christ is the head of the church who is his bride. Christ is the one who pours himself out in love for the good of his bride, for the sake of his bride, and also for the sake of his whole family. Christ is the one who leads the church to the Father. He says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He himself is the visible face of God the Father. He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. It's a pretty high calling for us men. Something that might sound maybe a little difficult. But fortunately, we have the example of Christ and also the grace of Christ. One of the reasons that marriage is, in fact, a sacrament. Christ says, I only do what I see my Father doing. So he's the one who's given us, then, participation in his headship. And he's also one who's come not to be served, but to serve. And so he's given, then, husbands and fathers a particular role and also particular gifts, precisely so that you can use them in the service of your family. Your families need your leadership. They need your guidance, and they need your example, and they need all those things to be authentically Christ-like. And so to that end, it's important that you know not only Christ's mercy and his forgiveness and his presence, you also have to be committed to his standards. If I go through all of them, it's going to be a much longer homily than it needs to be today. But I'll encourage you to read and meditate on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew, Gospel of Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. We have St. Joseph and the Holy Family as our model, especially this year as Pope Francis has dedicated the entire year uh, to, to him, to St. Joseph. He's a man of few words. Um, well, actually none in, in the Gospels if you read through. 
but he is a man of prompt and decisive action. When he discovers the will of God, he wastes no time in carrying it out. So where does that leave moms? I have to, like, proceed with caution here. There's a lot of reasons. First one, I'm not a woman. But let's be honest. Ladies, you are absolutely and so full of God's beauty and grace and goodness that if I'm not careful, I'm not going to do you justice. And I really mean that. You see, a man has no right to marry a woman. It's a great privilege. We know that when we consider who God has made you to be, like we know why Adam exclaimed from the depths of his being, this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. These daughters of God, your princesses with royal dignity. So there's a reason that men tremble in your presence. Something that's really important, I think, for women to hear and also to know. So when a woman marries a man, it's because she's chosen to place trust in him. She's found him worthy of her trust on some level. And sufficiently trustworthy to safeguard the dignity that she's been given by God. Something about a woman that men will never be able to fully understand. And the John Paul II called it the feminine genius. All we can do on some level is remain in a certain wonder and awe and giving thanks to God for the glory of his creation and striving to live up to the trust that you have placed in us. And so when St. Paul says that wives are supposed to be subordinate to their husbands, he's not encouraging at all any kind of chauvinism or domination or things along those lines. Those are things that, I don't have to tell you, have made the lives of countless women miserable throughout the ages. Something that women rightly like shudder when they recognize and experience. St. Paul is reminding us, and he's reminding you ladies, of the trust that you've placed in your husbands. It's an essential part of the relationship. And so men are called to respond to that trust. There's so many ways that you can do it, but, I mean, physically, by taking care of the, just all the, 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 the daily life, things of daily life, working and stuff around the house, the honeydew list, whatever that is. Okay, this is the, that's the easiest one for us, by the way, just doing things. If you tell guys to do something, great, we can do it and get it done. But we also have to respond in, like, in an emotional way. Right? Listening, understanding, communication, those kinds of things. We have to respond in a spiritual way by growing together in your relationship with God. So it's good to recall that if, if God places anybody in any kind of, uh, of authority, or any kind of position of power, it's never for a selfish kind of a reason. It's always given for the sake of the other, for the sake of the ones we're supposed to be serving. So it's, in this case, it's for the sake of the family. I mean, all good things given to us by God are for that reason. Any, any power or possession that anyone in the world possesses, again, it's not for this selfish purpose. It's for the sake of gift, to be placed at the service of the gospel. So privileges, as it were, that God gives to us that we receive because of our state in life, where we happen to be. All that is for the sake of the other. So here, certainly, the Holy Family offers to us the model of Our Lady, She's the sinless one, completely sinless from the moment of her conception. 
who places herself under the authority and the protection of St. Joseph, even though he himself was imperfect. And so the trust that she has for him is an extension of her trust in God, because it was God who gave St. Joseph to her. It was God who had and has care for all of, even the smallest details of her life. So I think in the context of the the pandemic now, it's really important for spouses to to dig more deeply, maybe even just to rediscover the complementarity of their relationship. It's one of the best gifts that you can give to your children, honestly, uh, is living out fully and completely a healthy relationship uh, between the parents. It's not just for, for, like, for the sake of staying, it's staying sane at home, right? For the sake of, of seeking God more deeply and becoming and being who God has made us to be. Deepening relationships always means facing challenges uh, and obstacles. Uh, and frankly, difficulties in human relationships, especially in the context of marriage and family, is one of the things that helps us to realize that it's only God who can give joy and peace to our hearts. We don't want to fall under the temptation uh, of making my spouse into someone that he or she is not. And unfortunately, there are some who never realize that there's peace and joy available for us if we follow the path of God. Not just like an outward sort of perfunctory following of God, all the rules and, and whatever that means. It's about true conversion of heart. All right, but parents, you guys know you're not the only ones at home during the pandemic. Uh, you got some kids uh, there too. These are the ones that you brought into the world because you desired to share your life and love with them. It's a total gift of generosity. It's the whole reason that you wanted them to exist, not for you, but for them. And we know that so many of our children are being forced to spend, let's be honest, an unhealthy amount of time at home, isolated from friends and from all the regular activities that they're used to, and things that, frankly, they need. And so for them, I'd like to note, just briefly, uh, the blessing that Simeon speaks uh, over our Lord in the Gospel today. So Simeon blessed Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, so that the, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. He speaks of our Lord, he speaks in prophecy, really, of our Lord's destiny and of his mission. And so in a time when the world isn't offering to our children a whole lot of blessings, parents, I encourage you to speak those words of blessing over your children, because they need to hear it. I mean, I give you a blessing at Mass. People come up to me after Mass, Father, can I have a blessing? You bless my child. It's all wonderful and good, and I can do that. But parents, you can do that too. You ought to spend time praying for and with your children. And again, blessing them. Ask God for the words. Ask God for the ways that he wants you to bless your children. And then you can confidently speak those words of blessing over them. Children are not and cannot be exempt from the gifts of God. There's a lot more I could say. Um, But I think I've been going on (laughs) probably long enough. Uh, that's one of my problems, that I keep on talking uh, and don't stop. So, last thing I just want to say. Um, in the midst of all of the, of the dynamism, as it were, of family relationships, um, the one last thing that I'd like to offer you 
uh, this morning uh, is just the sense of filial piety. You know that your kids are going to grow up, they're going to get out of the house, and maybe some of them are like really looking forward to it already. Okay, they've been here for nine months, they've been here for 17 years, okay, whatever. Even though we're sent forth from the family, we never forget the family. It's utterly impossible for us to repay the debt that we owe our parents because of the life that they've given us. And the same is true, frankly, in our relationship with God. So caring for our parents, for your parents, my parents, as they age, taking time to be with them, visit them, return the favors they bestowed on you, even let them live with you. And all these things are little ways and, frankly, sometimes big ways that we can show our gratitude and appreciation for all that we have received. Tradition has it that St. Joseph died in the arms of Jesus and Mary. For that reason, he's the patron saint of a happy death. So death is that last moment for us on earth when the evil one can, like, snatch us away, if we let him. That's why we ask Our Lady, every time we pray the Hail Mary, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. So what is it? It's a great gift, then, to be able to ensure that your parents, as they approach their last moments here on earth, have access especially to the sacraments, also to your presence, to your own forgiveness, your own conversation, and your love. But especially the sacraments, whether that means regular visits from one of us, from one of the priests, um, or at least as they begin their decline, so we can go and offer them the forgiveness and the, and the grace of God. All it takes is a phone call. Anyway, it turns out that not just the Holy Family, um, but really every, every family is supposed to re- reflect the Holy Trinity, even if the Holy, the Holy Family reflects it the most perfectly. But on this feast, then, I think the feast of the Holy Family, certainly pray that all of your families would be blessed with the graces that are necessary to find the peace and the joy and the love of Christ. Merry Christmas.